All right. Welcome, everybody, back to, in layman's terms, this is episode three with uh, Ben Schofield and Rich Sontag. We took a, a little bit of a hiatus over the holidays. We had trouble connecting. Uh, we're pretty bound and determined to make this a weekly podcast, but right. we both have busy lives, families, and all kinds of things going on, so we're giving ourselves a little grace, but we hope right. to uh, be popping in here with the frequency of uh, about a weekly a weekly podcast uh, with you all. And today's uh, topic, or this week's topic, is one that uh, Rich and I have batted around personally many times, um, and just even a second ago, right before starting the recording, we were praying and just you know, asking the Lord to, to touch people in certain situations that, that we think uh, could really benefit from hearing about this topic. And like we say in layman's terms, just taking out the religious jargon and, and breaking down uh, the word and really just Christian living to uh, something that can be, um, I, don't, I don't know if I want to say useful, but, you know, uh, accepted, understood, and, right. and just to help people find their place. Uh, in the kingdom and what that what that actually yeah. means. Yeah. Um, so the topic for today is, uh, I guess we we kind of call it giftings and callings. Callings and giftings. Um, yeah. But you know, not just callings and giftings, but we we want to talk about you know what we do in light of what those are. Like how mm-hmm. does that guide us? Where does that lead us to? Mm-hmm. Um, and what does that say about our place in the body and in the kingdom? Sure, that's good. So, Rich, this is a big emphasis of yours. Uh, we discussed, I think, in our very first episode in introductions, you uh, said that one of your passions is helping people to understand and find their giftings. And you do that in a couple of different ways. You and I hashed over a couple of online tests that we did mm-hmm. um, that sort of gave us some results that I don't think either of us were super surprised by. But right. it, So that you know means that they were accurate enough that we put right. a little bit of uh, trust in them. So tell me uh, two things. I'm going to ask you a two-part question. Uh, the first is, why are you passionate about it? Like, what do you like about helping someone find their giftings and callings and everything that entails? And then uh, just tell me a little bit more about how you help people to find them. Yeah, that's that's a good question. It's so important. I heard a message one time when I was 19 years old. It said, know yourself. You know, know your gifts. Know who you are. And it was, uh, you know, love yourself like yourself. And then be yourself. And, man, it, it just it changed the trajectory of my life. Yeah. So I, I went on an adventure in my 20s getting to know who I am. And anytime I've done any leading of meetings, I call it find yourself. You know, anytime that you find your gifts, your callings, it, it increases your confidence. There was a there was a phrase I heard years and years ago, and I hadn't heard anybody mention it um, in recent past until I heard I heard you say it a couple of weeks ago. And I was remembering how valuable it was to me at the time. But I, I think it, the quote is, um, the two most important days in your life is the day you're born and the, you're born. the day you find out why. If, yeah. And I mean, that's, a, that's a big deal. I mean, it's a huge deal. the amount of... Um, just encouragement and motivation, zeal, and just energy that you can yeah. put into something when you understand that you've been called by God to do it. Yeah. is just It's just a night and day difference between like, am I wasting my time here? Am I wasting my time on this job? Am I wasting my time on this relationship? And then, I mean, the opposite of my people perish without vision. For right. my vision, my people perish. Yeah. The opposite is like, I have vision. I know what the Lord's called me to. And man, the, the, the amount of, uh, of energy you get out of, out of having that sort of uh, focus and, and sense of calling is tremendous. Yes, it is. Yeah, it just builds your confidence. Uh, I know for me, it's just getting out and serving and just doing. You know, when I get out and I just started to uh, 
basically for me was sharing my faith. I would just say, you know, God's put on my heart to to ask people questions, and I just get talking to them. And as I would start sharing my faith, I, I just was just. It was the high of my life is leading someone to Jesus and even praying a salvation prayer with them or just doing that. So as I served in that realm and went out with people and just joined with them, I started to just kind of uh, unveil that I was very evangelistic. And and now I would say I probably, uh, one of my highest giftings are probably evangelism. You know, uh, and I don't know if I... If I'm a evangelist, I don't even know or care about that title, but I know I that's one of my giftings is evangelism. Yeah. And I excel in that, and I, I have a heart for the lost, yeah. you know. And uh, so, but now that just built my confidence, you know. And 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 as I as I continue to function in that, I'm just very successful at that. And I and I try to stay. I call it my wheelhouse. Right. You know. And there's other gifts and callings that I found out, and uh, probably one of my funnest most greatest one is i found out i'm an encourager i love exhorting two minutes five minutes or just listening to somebody and just saying how can i encourage that person not only today but prophetically to project not only who they are today but also who they can become you know and again as as i did that my confidence built up and then i started to uh, function in that gifting and then all of a sudden it was like God peeling back who I am. And uh, when you do that, it just shows so much freedom, you know, and people are blessed and people are touched, you know, and then, then you get around other people that have that gifting and that just stirs you, you know. Um, so what are giftings you feel that, are, that God's blessed you with? Well, in my life, I have focused a lot on um, 1 Corinthians 12 gifts, um, and that has to do with who I ran with and who I was ministering with and things like that. We, uh, in that group, had a heavy emphasis on seeing those gifts restored to just everyday believers, and so that was a lot of what we of what we ministered in and, and taught on. So um, I move a lot in words of knowledge, uh, healing, prophetic. Um, and that was just the sort of ministry that we were involved in. So we taught them that a lot and we, mm-hmm. we ministered that way a lot. So, you know, the words of knowledge, I would define that as, um, having a, a divine knowing of something current present mm-hmm. happening, as opposed to maybe a prophetic word that might involve something in the future. You know, it's just a knowledge of something that's happening right now. And so for us, a lot of times that would look like, um, Having a word of knowledge, finding out, and almost always for uh, healing, and then finding out who had the, the condition that identified with the word, and then getting a mm-hmm. chance to minister to the person, and then seeing healing a lot of times. Uh, and then just during the course of, of those sort of meetings, having the opportunity to pray for someone, and then you get you know prophetic words and learn to flow in that a little bit better and things like mm-hmm. that. So for most of my life, those are the, the you know, the First Corinthians 12 specifically are the ones that I've moved in. Um, those, I think, um, in, in terms of what we're talking about today, um, giftings and callings and, you know, how the two merge, a lot of times uh, those don't exactly, the ones I'm talking about, don't always help you to understand a calling, like I should be doing this with my life, but they do help you understand, you know, how you should 
be ministering to people like like you said what's your lane while you're ministering to people whether you're inside your 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 calling or or, or not mm-hmm. um and you know that is probably a pretty good segue into what i think is a pretty important uh undercurrent to the topic is we talked a little bit about why understanding your calling is valuable however there's you know thousands and thousands of people that don't know their calling and because of it they feel paralyzed and it's like oh i don't know what i'm supposed to be doing so i don't give myself wholeheartedly to anything and you've mentioned um service for example and i think that that is one of those things that everybody's called to participate in it may not be i think one way one of the ways that you can identify um how a gifting and a calling sort of merge in you is that a calling has a tendency to really uh, empower you and motivate you and, and, you know, bring energy when you do it. And there's people who just genuinely love going out and serving and leaving it all out on the, out on the court, as they say, you know, out on the field. And so you just see that that brings energy out of them, but that doesn't mean I'm not supposed to serve a church, for example. And I think that a lot of people are like, well, when I know what my calling is, and that, you know, the quote unquote knowing is a problem in and of itself because they almost always act like they need an angel to come into the room and tell it right. to them. But then that's when I'll give myself wholeheartedly. And it's like, no, I, the Gospels talk a lot about, you know, loving, loving sacrificially, serving, mm-hmm. um, praying for the sick. And I don't think that uh, there's anybody that shouldn't be praying for the sick. I think that there are certainly people who, for whatever reason, God has elected to gift more highly in, in those situations the same thing with uh casting out demons and things like that i mean there's just a list of stuff that god said go around doing these things and when you do it tell people the kingdom of god is at hand you know here's proof the kingdom of god is so close that it just healed you that it just delivered you you know and so i think that there's all these instructions we can get out of the bible that it's kind of like okay these may not be your calling but here's how you fill the void while you're waiting to figure it out right but what so what do you think is probably the top Two or three ways that somebody can understand about their calling and what it means to their day-to-day life. I would say, uh, what was the question? To understand? To understand what their calling is. They're like, I'm working for UPS. I don't feel like my calling is as a delivery guy, but I don't know what my calling is. So I just feel like I'm in neutral going through life. How do I understand my calling and how do I walk in it? As a UPS driver. I think there's several ways you can do that. Um, The you and I, as you mentioned, we did a spiritual gifts test and that kind of peels back where we kind of knew where we were. were, uh, I think I'm a seer and apostolic and, and evangelistic you know and I, and I should clarify for anyone listening um the test that we took uh merged a whole bunch of different types of giftings out of the word it wasn't just um first corinthians 12 so e- even though there was like prophecy and healing in there mm-hmm. words of knowledge it also brought in um uh, apostleship right. uh leadership was just in there as a blanket teaching was in there so it was a mixture of a lot of Pastoring. different things yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh yeah so there is quite a so, so I would say that's one way to do testing that. Um, I, I think uh, there's a book called Strength Finders 2.0, which is a secular book, but it helps you magnify your life skills, whether you're a good communicator or you were. I, I think those are good tools, you know. Uh, but the other biggest thing I would say, serve. Yeah. Get along other Christians or, or go serve an American Red Cross, go serve in Salvation Army. 
there's going to be someone that's going to be next to you one day and you're like, man, you're good at serving food and you're very engaging. I got a friend uh, that is just so engaging in the public. You know, she's just, just very hospitable and, and just very warming and she can just engage anybody. And I was like, there's a gift there. So connect the dots for me. When you say to just go and serve, which I think is a default command to everybody. Everybody should be serving somewhere. But when you connect that with understanding your callings, do you think it's a supernatural process that happens? Or do you think that in the process of serving, stuff just starts to come out and you're going to be able to connect the dots? Well, here's an example. Uh, this past year, I had a vision a few years ago to have this, uh, I called a prayer garden behind our church. And I just had this vision of maybe a 20 by 30 uh, area that we'd clear out, put a cross up, put some tree stumps there. And I gathered, I gathered three or four people with me. And one person was a catalyst. And uh, Mary Califray, she, she helped me kind of spearhead it. And then uh, Steve Trent, Paul Buddy, and some others came along. And as we were doing it, it was just so much joy in... in uh, being in nature, um, Steve Trent just was a worker, man, and he he just definitely excelled in just getting in there and getting the job done, you know. And I, it was one of my highlights of 2020. So to interpret that, at least in, in, in the way I think, the way that I hear you relating that act of service, the idea of setting up that prayer garden, which I've been to, is awesome. Um, you're relating that back to seeing Steve Trent's calling as as a worker, uh, a worker. server. Yeah, I've seen it too. You give him Definitely. a task, yeah. and, and man, he just gets it done. He doesn't complain. He doesn't. He doesn't look for money. Doesn't look for the glory yeah. of man. Yeah, and he just he, gets it done. And you saw visionary parts out of Mary, which yeah. I've seen. As well. I, we, I call her a catalyst. Yeah. She was a catalyst that motivated the end result. Mm -hmm. And and she, she's a girl, but man, she doesn't grab anything. She can be yeah. dirty and just, she doesn't care. So when you say she was a catalyst, is that as in, let's get it done? Or was it also as in like, here's what I see here. Put that there, put this here, that kind of stuff. I'd say both. both right, I okay. mean, I had the vision and she said, well, why don't we just do it? And two are better than one and three are better than two. Yeah. So when you, when you serve along one another, you start to unveil giftings. And then she, her, her whole uh, uh, landscape design kicked in. Mm -hmm. And her, she got this designing mind all the time. She did this trellis, and then she did these flowers. And then we just kept developing. Then I bought a bench, and then Steve was like, what else you need done? You know? And it right. was so cool. Paul Buddy came along, and then, you know, he helped us do some stuff. And, and then we eventually started praying there, too. You yeah. know? <laughs> you know? So for, for you and I... We would have already known that about most of those people and what their right. giftings were. But had we not, we get into this situation where we're just serving the church. Right. Somebody had a vision. doesn't matter if you were, if it was you or not, but somebody has a vision. Oh, there's this spot back in the woods. Let's clear it out. Let's make a prayer garden. Right. We gather people together to serve. And then all of a sudden, their it's giftings yeah. just start popping. Yeah. You know, And in, in the case of Steve Trent, for example, it is his calling in the sense that that's what he does for a living. Right. Um, Mary does it for a living. Um, she'd like to do it more, I know, but I mean, that's she. She knows it's her calling, and then that's what she's walking in. And um, so, to me, that's a, that's a great way to connect the dots. Like it was this project. Right. You guys were out there serving, and then you just start to see, oh, you're obviously called to this. You're obviously right. called to this. And had they not already known it, it would have been a perfect opportunity for an encourager like you to be. Uh, 
available to say, Hey, this is what I see in you, man. I don't know. I don't know if you do this for a living. I don't know if you understand how much of a part of your calling is, but if you're able to make some sort of a transition, you should really pray about, can I do this for a living? Cause I see it energizes you. I think you'd be happier. I think you would connect with the Lord in ways that you can't right now when you, you know, are able to do for a living what he's calling you to do. You know, all three of us, I, I always do these downloads and people, Hey, what was your highs in 2020? And yeah. all three of them will say, Hey, that was a high for them. It, it played a part in that we accomplished something, you know, the other thing I see when we do these pot bless blessings, like every four to six weeks or so at church, you, you watch people, how they kick in. If you want to see gifting on uh, Diane Kramer, I mean, uh, you, you, she's one of the pastors there, but you, you, she just serves. Yeah. She doesn't look for a title. She, she just serves. If you watch her, she's just like a chicken with a head cut off, orchestrating the whole thing. And then she releases John, which is really a blessing. She releases John to just fellowship as a pastor, and she doesn't, you can tell she doesn't put that weight on him to have to serve food and things like that. And he's functioning in his gifting. Right. Now, they're both secure in their gifting, which is really interesting, which I think is really important. Like, Danny's like, hey, why aren't you bothering me? So Martha's like, Martha, hey, Martha, Jesus. You know, Martha's the, and Martha and Mary, just to give a little background, Martha's the server in the Bible, and she's doing all these great things. Mary's just sitting there chilling, talking to Jesus. And Martha, after a while, was like, you know, hey, Jesus, you know, come on. Mary's being a bum, just laying around, sitting around. No, 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 Mary, Mary, Martha, chill, chill out. I appreciate what you're doing. I think, we, over Martha, we do need Martha's. Sure, we, absolutely. We do. Martha gets a little bit of a bun wrap. We right. do need Martha's. Right. Uh, but, but Jesus said, but Mary picks the better thing is the fellowship. Yeah. And it, I think what's cool is Diane is the server, the Martha. And then she releases John to be the, the Mary right. and to sit in fellowship with, with people. And and I, I just think it's an amazing, uh, and I think if you were to see why Gateway functions well, is really an example right there. Mm -hmm. Now, you'll also see the Joe Mazes and all the other people jump up and do their serving. And there's just a smile on their face of hospitality and serving. And, and it, right. it starts to unveil. And I always stop, like especially uh, Carmen, the lady who cleans our church. He's very gifted at details. I always stop her and, and, and I say, hey, Carmen, I, I just want you to know our church looks five-star. You've got a gift in looking at detail and picking up stuff. And it just looks awesome. Doesn't our church look great? Yeah, it does. All the time. You know, and, she's, and I think she's functioning not only, you know, as the as, as cleaner, but she's just got a gift there. You yeah. know, with that yeah. looking at details. So, yeah. so serving, again, is the way right. we unveil the callings and the gifts of God upon our lives. You know, so... Based on some of the things that you were just talking about, I think this is a good opportunity to introduce the big caveat that I always like to talk about when we talk about giftings and callings. And that is, I think in the church, especially we assume, and a lot of times, you know, we say it from the pulpit and stuff that God's given you talents that are in line with your calling. And I don't want to say that that's always the case, but I just want to open up the door to, to the thought that we need to really intermingle. Oh man, cell phones during the podcast. That's, that's unprofessional. <laughs> we need to, we need to be able to intermingle, um, the voice of the Holy spirit into the discovery of our callings. Because like one of the, I'll tell you one story from my lifetime. And then obviously one, one from the Bible, uh, the one from the Bible is Paul, you know, Paul, because of his training as a Pharisee, you would have thought, you know, the Pharisee of Pharisees gets converted 
to Christianity, becomes a Jesus follower, who better to go minister to the Jews? And yet God said, no, I want to perfect my strength in your weakness. I'm going to take you out of your wheelhouse and you're going to go minister to the Gentiles. Wow. Like you could look back at your life and say, I groomed you for this moment mm -hmm. to be a minister of the gospel among the Jews. And instead God goes, nope, I'm going to take you to somewhere where you're not talented. And that's where you're going to work. Wow. For his own purposes, sure. it, whatever it is, for his pleasure, for his purposes, whatever it was, mm -hmm. uh, that's the decision he made. And I remember um, one time, I wasn't the one in the deliverance session, it was somebody else, but they had, we were on the road ministering and, and there was a woman that was in need of deliverance. And the manifestations were rather intense uh, at that time and she was um, throwing lots of punches and after a couple of hours, she ends up getting free and all this stuff. And they found out that um, she was a professional martial artist, competed all over the country. And when she got delivered, she lost those talents. Wow. She, she wasn't the competitor that she was before. Oh. Um, and so in that sort of situation, it was the same thing. Like her talent was not a part of, right. of you know, her godly calling, apparently. Anyways, right. uh, I don't know what happened to her, you know, years down the line. Uh, but I, there are those situations where, you know, I think for some people, God has made you strong in the areas of your callings. And in mm -hmm. some people, he's calling you to areas of weakness on purpose because sometimes he says, I'm going to show myself strong among the weak. Mm -hmm. And if you're always in your strong point, he can't do that. Mm -hmm. um, and so to me, it's important to always emphasize that beyond just looking at what we can see with our natural eyes, we really need the voice of the Holy Spirit to come alongside and say, yes, that is what I called you to, or, or no, like I'm going to, I'm going to bring you into an area that you're weak. I know it doesn't make sense in the physical. Mm -hmm. And I think both of those things are perfectly natural and perfectly commonplace in the kingdom. Mm -hmm. What is your take on that? You know, that's good. I know when I was groomed as a kid, I was brought up in a blue-collar uh, family. My dad was a truck driver. Everybody was blue-collar. Nobody went to college. You weren't expected to go to college, or why would you go to college? <laughs> it was really silly thinking back on it. And I, I got born again, and I I just, uh, I mean, I was just, wow, changed my whole life. I became people-oriented. I started to like people, love people. I would say I was probably more of a natural in, in, in introvert. I was landscaping. I loved landscaping. I worked at a golf course. I get saved. Suddenly, I'm projected into evangelism. I'm, so, I'm just. I was just very effective at uh, uh, being doing evangelism, leading many to Christ. Um, and uh, and someone said, "Man, you ought to get in sales." I'm like, "Oh, that's that's a white collar. That's out of my." We laugh, man. I don't know about that. Right, right. No, man. You could do, you could do really good getting sales, you know. And I was like, all right. So I, I was like, I tried it. I loved it. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I was, I was in sales, working for a medical company. And all of a sudden, I, I, I had a desire to be a sales manager. And next thing I know, I'm working for a Fortune 50 company, which was McKesson as a sales manager, one of the top companies in the country. And, and I'm like, wow, how did I get here? I mean totally being born again, taken out of my realm and lifted up in positions that I just never thought. And then I started investing in homes. And I mean, I just was even not always even look positively around my circles of blue collar. You know, I was just kind of probably made a little bit of jealousy and envy there or something. I don't know. It wasn't, I wasn't very praised at times, you know, but, but I got out of my, my box thinking. So that, that was really amazing, you know, uh, and then that built my confidence again, Yeah. you know, getting more into my gifting. Cause I like people, 
I like sales, and and it was just uh, like I still I love sales, you know, just persuading people. You know, now I went back more to more of the evangelistic side of me as I've, I've uh, the last third of my life, and uh, I'm here to not to seek make a living. I'm here to make a difference. Yeah, that's why I'm doing this yeah. right now is to make a difference. You know, is do podcasts, I Uber. I do other things with detail cars, but everything I do is affect people. Yeah, you know, and I want to, and I recognize giftings and callings in people every day, and I count, I call it out. I was like, man, you're good at this. You know, there was a young man today in my car. His name was Caleb, and I got to talk to him, and I and I started. I, I said, you know, who Caleb is in the Bible, and and I started uh, addressing who he was, and I said, you're going to be a Caleb. And I start just. You know, prophetically speaking, into his life, he's like, "Wow, this is the best." <laughs> he was just so pumped, you know. And his mom had called him Cable. It was a biblical name. It was, That's it was cool. Just a yeah. Awesome conversation. But there again, to get back to our gifts and callings, it's just serving and serving alongside of hopefully other Christians that are like-minded. Mm-hmm. It's great to get around prophetic Christians. They 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 have their seers. Mm-hmm. They have a gift to see, and they have a gift to peel back what is good in you and what is awesome in you. Yeah. So that, that is important, you know, uh, but, uh, yeah. And there, there's, uh, uh, I was trying to think, well, how do you uh, discover callings and giftings in your life? How do you do that? So I have, um, I have looked for, well, the, the tests I think are, are super helpful. Like, you know, we took the one that you referenced. I've taken, um, multiple times, taken the one that comes up with, um, Oh, the abbreviations like ISTP, uh, I'm an ISTP, and that's probably the most accurate one that I've ever taught, I, I've ever taken that came up with um, just a, uh, you know, kind of like a list of strengths and weaknesses. I mean, that one was really accurate for me. Other ones are not so accurate, but that one's, that one's pretty good. And so what it helped me to do was to see um, areas where I've already felt the spirit tell me that I was mm. called to, and then to see how um, some of the strengths and weaknesses played into that, you know, how, how a strength might help out in that situation, or even how I might have to deal with some weaknesses to, to sort of fall into that calling um, has, has been really helpful. But for me, I would say that most of the things that I would call as a calling uh, would have come from having you know an inkling or, or really a, a direct word from the holy spirit saying this is this is what you're supposed to do mm-hmm. now as far as giftings go relating those back to the you know first corinthians 12 gifts of the spirit uh those have been called out in me by other people like people had to explain to me what was mm-hmm. happening and things like that um you know when i you know met up with randy clark it was hey you're having words of knowledge and those are oftentimes accompanied by by healing and praying for the sick so let's go do it um so those sort of had to be explained to me uh but for me that that was my order of events is typically i kind of feel called to this and then i bump into tests like the ones you and i took the other day or this one that comes out with the istp is that myers-briggs maybe um the ones that come up with the the letter acronyms, yes, yeah, Myers Briggs. There's like sixteen different, and that that was really helpful just to see. Oh, that thing that I felt called to. There are parts of me that right. were that were engineered that way to to go right. in that direction. Um, but another thing that that really helped me with is is to really deconstruct something in my mind that the church I think deposits intentionally in some cases and a lot of times unintentionally. And that is the idea that there is ministry work outside of the church. 
I think a lot of times we, we get wrapped up in this idea that the work of ministry happens on a, on a pulpit. Mm-hmm. And, and you can't do the work of ministry as a UPS driver, to use my earlier example. And you can't do the work of ministry as an Uber driver or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that it really just does us a, a huge disservice. I want to read real quick out of uh, 1 Corinthians. And this is after Paul gets through talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And he, he just says, you know, for the body is not one member but many. And if the foot says, because I am not a hand, I am not a part of the body, it is not for this reason any less a part of the body. Um, and I'm going to skip down a little bit and it says, you know, where one part of the body is talking to another and it says, and the eye can't say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, it is much truer that the members of the body, which seem to be weaker are necessary, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that the idea that, that the work of ministry is relegated to just pulpit ministry or in the church or, or something like that, um, just it makes people believe that, man, I really feel called as a businessman, but that doesn't seem holy. I don't hear anybody talking in the church about how that's holy. And so I have this internal conflict. Like, I feel like I'm called to do this, yeah, but good. I go into the church and people, you know, at best ignore it or at worst, they say, oh, you're just living for money. And, and it's like in the right circles, they just poo poo anything outside, right. of, outside of the church. And it's like, no, if we want to have a kingdom impact on the world. You know, we need to be all over the place. Right, you know, right. I, to me, the, the, the example that I always use uh, with people when I'm talking about this subject is I say, you know, would you rather have a high schooler right now saying, man, um, Steve Jobs is my hero and mm-hmm. really digging into his life and being like, oh, man, Steve Jobs was an atheist. Right. Uh, he didn't believe in God. And so when somebody comes and ministers the gospel or speaks, speaks about Jesus to this high schooler, do you want him to be like, ah, Steve Jarvis is my hero. He said there was nothing to it. Eh. Mm. Or do you want him to say, oh, you know, Rich Sontag, he was the guy that founded and ran that other Fortune 500 company. He's my hero. Mm. And he says that he got divine inspirations and dreams and words mm. of knowledge and prophetic words, and that's how he built his business. Mm-hmm. That in and of itself is not going to convert anyone. Right. You know, having that sort of impact on society doesn't make anyone a believer. Right. But later on, when somebody comes and starts talking about Jesus to that kid, mm-hmm. do you want them to say, man, that's what that Rich Sontag guy was talking about. Right. And so it's like, I just feel like little stuff like that pushes people in certain directions. And right now, the church is like abdicating so much of its role in society. And we're just letting everybody be pushed further and further and further away. Mm-hmm. That's you know, if we had a bunch of believers rise up in government and ban porn, made right. porn illegal, got it out, almost got it out of the country in as much as we could, right. does that make anybody saved? Right. No. Right. But would you rather convert somebody and disciple somebody who's been addicted to porn for 45 years right. or, or someone who didn't find it in 10 seconds on the Internet? Right. Right. Like it doesn't. I'm not saying it saves anyone, but there is there is ministry work to be done in every sphere right. of society and Absolutely. the idea of being able to associate your calling with a sphere outside of the church and feeling freedom right. to pursue it um you know i i relate it back to i've heard dozens of conversations in churches separate conversations where someone says oh yeah so-and-so is is working out at uh 
out at the ministry feeding the poor and they're out there 80 hours a week and man it's oh wow you know praise the lord that that person that brother is so holy mm-hmm. and you say the same sort of story about a guy doing it in his business and it's like well he has a workaholism problem right, right. and it's like one of them is just our gut reaction is just wow that guy's doing the right thing and that guy's doing the wrong thing right. we used to call them the employees against everything yeah <laughs> right say, right they're like that, that's a bad idea you know they're like well, we're gonna give you a raise no no, no i don't like it right you know right and, and i just think we t- the church can wire people unintentionally to believe that there's this group of righteous activities and there's a group of unrighteous activities. And obviously we're not talking about sin. We're just talking about like sure. what you give yourself to. Sure. And people are cheered on if it sounds bible right. and they're, and they're, and they're held back if it doesn't right. like, no, you can't give yourself 80 hours a week to business, but you cheer on the guy that does it feeding the poor. And it's like, no, both of those things, have their own, God is putting people in the right spots for the right time to have the right influence. And if we can free people up to say, you might be called to the business world and them to guiltlessly give themselves over to that, they could have a significantly higher impact than they could if they just repressed that their whole life. I have some weird callings. I I know God's called me to restore houses. I'm helping you guys out right now. I'm just, I'm in like hog heaven just doing that stuff, you know, just fixing up stuff and painting and making it look restored, something restorative. Mm-hmm. I can feel the call of God in my life, restoring uh, a door or, or, or a yard, a landscape. And yeah. Here's another weird thing. I was just sitting there one day and this brother was encouraging me. He says, he says, let me encourage you. He says, I've never met a man that when there's a fire, you run to it and everybody else runs out of it. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, what do you mean? He says, every traumatic thing there ever is in life you run into it, whether it's death, you know, hurt. I've come on to accidents, driving a medical truck for years. And there was just something in me. I think I went through some traumatic times where I, I, I looked at people and I thought, gosh, through traumatic things, a lot of times people do run from them and they're, 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 they're lonely. And yeah. like, how do you deal with death? How do you deal with, with a bad injury or sickness and things like that? So a guy prophesied over me and says, you're a Holy Ghost first responder. He says, you run into situations where, and I was like, well, I didn't sign up for that. I didn't, I don't even know. What is that? I don't even know that's biblical. But all I know is wherever there's trauma, I know that the hearts of men are hurt, damaged, and God uses me in that situation, yeah. which is really ironic because the guy in Proud said that over me, I would stay in his house in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and one night he'd come running down the steps at 4 o'clock, and I go, what do you sound like a cow? I text him. He's like, what are you going? He said, dude, my, 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 my shop's on fire. I go, it is. I said, I'll be right there. So so I drive up there, and man, sure enough, is they got 10 fire trucks there, and his whole shop's burning up, and it was it was horrible, to be honest with you. It was watching it, because they were pouring all this water in it, and there's fire. And he looked at me, and he says, there you are. He was a Holy Ghost first responder. And, and you know what? You know what I did? Nothing but stood there. But I yeah. didn't leave. Right. And you know what I did? He said the most significant thing the next thing you did? I went up to McDonald's, got him a cup of coffee. And then I knew he was hungry, so I went up and got him a sandwich. You know, and I stood next to him for two or three hours. We were freezing, but he knew I was right there with yeah. him. And that was my calling, you know, at the time. So I, I would pay a role in that. So there is unconventional callings there and, totally and giftings upon our lives. Well, and so let me let me sort of bring this full circle back into what you just said, back into the idea of, of giftings and callings that you give yourself to. You have probably the most versatile lifestyle of anybody that I'm 
you know, in relationship with right now. And that has enabled you, and I know that's really valuable to you, because it enables you to walk out your calling. Mm -hmm. You, in particular, and this isn't for everybody, but you don't feel called to a specific activity. You feel called to a specific lifestyle. Would that be fair? And because of it, you've structured your work life around the ability to walk out that calling. For everybody, it won't work the same way. It won't always be, well, I feel called as a pastor, and therefore I must be in a pulpit and have a church. It'll be, I feel called as a pastor, and because of that, I'm going to do these work activities that enable me to disciple people, that enable me to shepherd a flock, whether it's officially from a pulpit inside of a building or whether I'm just visiting people. Um, Whether it's, uh, I could have a home group, you know, anything, but the idea that my calling has to be my day-to-day is also false Mm -hmm. because a lot of people, like Paul, Paul was a tent maker while he Mm -hmm. did his apostling. Um, And and it's just not this cut and dry, I get to do what I'm called to do for a living. Yeah. Because it's not not like that for everybody, but for some people it is. And just the uh, idea to... And that's really one of my goals for today was just to open people's minds to yeah. it's not so cut and dry. That's good. You're not always going to do your talented thing for a living. Right. And you're not never going to do your talented thing for a living. God's not always going to use right. your talent in the kingdom, and sometimes he is. Right. Get with the Lord. Get with a prophetic person. Get with somebody who has, I would say, um, didn't one of those, didn't we decide that one of the things that came up on our test, we thought, oh, that person would be the right kind of person to just tell you. Here's what I see in you. Here's here's your calling. Maybe it's not a job. Maybe it is. But here's how you could walk it out. Can you think of a job that you'd like to pursue that entailed you doing this, this, and that? Because that's what I think you're gifted at. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, I I uh, I like I was in a structured W two. You know, and and uh, which is a job. And I just my personality and who I am, and I I started to design my my career in an entrepreneurial way where I could, I, I did car detailing, I did Ubering, which is, I did Ubering by default. It is like, I feel like I've been created for the foundations of the earth to Uber. I did, there's just a joy in me talking to this Caleb yeah. today and I'm engaging him about Santa Claus and about all the things and things and we walked basically went back to Jesus. And there's just something in me that, that my why, I found my why is that is the reason why I do what I do mm-hmm. is so I can be freed up to do what I really want to do, which is right now podcast, which is I disciple guys. And, and, and when I have opportunity, I preach. And, and when I go and I go serve people that are, are just really in bad situations, I don't know how many people I've been able to go and pick them up who are about to kill themselves due to alcoholism and drive them to their rehab, you know, because I was able to drop everything and go do it. And sometimes I get paid, a lot of times I don't. I don't really care. I want to do what God's called me to do. So that's so good. So we want to encourage you guys out there is that find your gifts and callings, and it's not in the church. Serve outside the church. You know, uh, I really believe in doing American Red Cross or Salvation Army. I've done both of them. Fantastic programs. You know, find a community thing and go serve there, yeah. you know. I think I think that is probably... When we were talking about this, I think that, to me, was probably one of the most important takeaways. Don't let your lack of understanding of your calling paralyze you. Mm, There is stuff that all of us are called to do, like serving, 
that you can engage in any any time, and and and, and we should. Right. We should be living sacrificially, giving sacrificially of our time, money, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But the idea that we don't know it paralyzes so many people. Yeah. And so to me, it's twofold. We don't know our calling, and therefore we don't give ourselves to anything. Right. When I think the Bible says there's a baseline of activities that all of us should be giving ourselves to. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing is, I think I know my calling, but because it's not churchy, I feel like I can't give myself to it. Those are my big two that I wanted to address. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's the one you were hitting on at the end, was don't let there be a void in your life because you don't know your calling. Right, right. You know, my one son, Bryant, he basically serves as an accountant. He kind of, he serves, I can't say he loves it, but he buys freedom. So he makes really good money. He does it. And then he's able to do what he really wants to do. He loves to travel. He loves to, he's got good friendships. He's, he serves in other capacities. Now, my other son, my oldest son, he's like, man, I, I can't do a job where I can't really enjoy. You know, I, I don't want to buy freedom. I got to enjoy it. So he, he actually works in sales and he just loves it. He loves interaction with people. And, you know, so my one son's at, it would, you know, graphs and, and the computer and that's his niche. And then my other son is, is, you know, with people all day. He just loves it. And he said, Dad, he says, I, I can't sit at a desk all day long. I just, it just drives me nuts. And he's a smart guy and he could do that. But and then my other son's, he's, he's producing music. And, and I really think they're already starting to follow in their giftings and their calling because they enjoy their careers, you know. And it's just, uh, it's just amazing. And I, and I prayed them into that. I, I think you, you mentioned your son that's into music towards the end. I think that. Probably the, the the people that have I don't know if I want to say the hardest time uh, in this topic, but some of them do. Whether it's through society's fault or their own, um, are, are artists because artists would love to do what they want to do for a living, but we're just not in a culture um, oftentimes that are willing to support an artist that way. But I find that most of them roll with the punches really well and they do like your son's doing. I think you told me earlier today that he goes out and he works and then they come home and he, he produces music and arranges music all night long because that's what he loves. And so a lot of people are doing something that I am not called to do X, Y, Z, but I do it so that I can fund my living where I do get to do my calling. And unfortunately, a lot of times that's artists, but they're not the only ones that are going to fall into that category by any means. There's a lot of people who are called to preach. Like we kind of neglected talking about pulpit sort of ministry because that's the sort of calling every church right. hammers on. I mean, you've you've been to lots of churches. Whenever anybody says, when did you get your call? What are they talking about 100% of the time? It's called the ministry. Um, call it's always called the ministry. Called the yep. ministry. I'm called yep. to be called a missionary. Called to be a pastor, yes. Called to be an evangelist. Called to, you know. Yep. That, and whenever you hear the term, when did you receive oh. your call or I'm called, it's always to pulpit. And so we kind of ignored right. it. But having said that, there's a lot of people listening right now that are genuinely called to some sort of a ministry and you will likely never do it for a living because there's not enough pulpits in the world to accommodate everybody that feels called to it. There's ways that the Lord has provided for you to do the teaching and the ministry that you're called to do that has nothing to do with doing inside a church most of the time. That's good. I I have a lot of uh, uh, artsy friends that are just gifted in the arts and and, uh, they they uh, it's hard to find a career that pays to do that. So they buy their freedom. So they, they do their day job. I like that term, buying their freedom. And they, and they go buy their freedom. And, and I think it is important that you put your purpose in your day job 
making the money you need to so you can do your why. So yeah. my son serves tables. He makes pretty good money. And then at, in the evening, he produces music. Yeah. And you can tell he's in his realm, you know. Yeah. Uh, my friend uh, that uh, she creates art, you know, and she's a caretaker for the elderly, you know. But I really think I like that, Ben, is that we... I want to see the arts mature uh -huh. because the if the arts and the prophets got together and the prophets prophesied into the arts, we would start making art that glorified God because we are a visual people. Yeah. And in our gifts and callings in this is that is something we need to blow on is that those Agreed. artsy people take the pro prophetic people and let's produce art that just glorifies God and, and it'll change your world. Yeah, well, I agree. You got art that, that says, you know, like, what is that? Well, that's glorifying God and, you know, and it's just, you know, it's just amazing. So that's a good point. I like that. Well, so, I hope a lot of this lived up to the title of our podcast in layman's terms. We really wanted to take something like Collins and really remove sort of the narrow focus on it. I absolutely believe people that are in pulpit ministry, pastors, teachers, all that, they are called. I just don't think that it is, they're not even in the majority because I think everybody's called to something. Right. It's just that we, we focus so narrowly on it. So I hope that, you know, this helps some people. I hope honestly that this gives people freedom to give themselves to things that they're called to outside of the church. Um, but let's wrap it up with a couple of really practical steps. So I think that's always an important thing. I, you know, one of my biggest pet peeves inside a church is when somebody delivers a message and it's like good content, but you walk away thinking practically you have no idea how to implement yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So I would say get with the Holy Spirit and expect for him to reveal something to you, whether it's through another person or in your prayer closet, get with the Holy Spirit and expect him to say, this is what I've called you to. And then get with somebody like Rich who is gifted at saying, oh, okay, I see how you're built. I understand whether they know you or not, or they just understand what you're telling them. I see how you're built. I could see you doing this for a living. Or, or maybe it's like I would tell any artist that came to me right now, I would, I would say, given the way our society is, you're likely not going to be able to do that for a living. So what could you do to buy your freedom so that you can give yourself to your calling? Sometimes that's, that's, where we're at with the, yeah. with, with the Lord and our calling. And that's what he's called us to is to just don't abandon your calling because you can't do it for a living, I guess mm -hmm. is what I'm saying. So practical steps, get with the Holy spirit and ask him to reveal directly to you or through someone else, what you're called to, what you should be giving yourself to, and then find a strategist to help you understand how to walk that out in daily life. If it's not clear to you. Um, but definitely, definitely be free to be called to and give yourself to things that are not traditional ministry because every single little thing like that is having some kind of impact. So I, I was putting it, I was thinking the same thing. How, what are your takeaways? Those are serve, my, yeah. serve people, you know, serve people, serve, serve. Secondly is get identified with other people that are, are seers, prophetic people like with Ben or I, or and there's a lot of people at gateway and other churches. The third thing is, I would I would encourage you guys if uh, how can they get a hold of us to take a spiritual gifts test, or I would encourage you to do a personality test, and start to identify your strengths so that you're peeling back who you are. Yeah. So those are helpful tools in in getting to where you're doing. How would, how can we help them 
uh, get a hold of us or sources they could use for that? Yeah, um, you could email me since my email address is pretty easy. I'll just give that out and then I can pass things off to Rich. But my email address is Ben, like short for Benjamin, B E N, at Schofield, like my last name, which is S C O F as in Frank, I E L D, dot C C. And I know that last part's kind of unconventional. People expect .com and .net and stuff, but it's just .cc. So one more time, that's Ben at Schofield with no H .cc. And um, yeah, if if anybody you know just wants to talk this over some more, um, yeah, let us know. Shoot us an email. Uh, we are we're also on Facebook. Uh, it's called In Layman's Terms. There's a couple of pages with the same um, name, so you might have to. To look through and, and see some of the content that looks like ours our podcasts also get posted there so that's one way you'll be able to identify the pages that are ours but if you message us on facebook both of us get those um so we'll be able to interact with you that way as well but yeah definitely search out your calling it is so important to be able to give yourself to the thing that the lord's called you to do um, because just even even your ability to produce fruit is magnified so much when you're doing what you're about to do and what he's called you to do. So be encouraged, fill that void. Don't don't let yourself be paralyzed for not having understanding. Really go after the Lord and get understanding on on what it is that you're called to do. And what are our uh, different? You're more the techie guy here. Yeah, yeah. What are our sources in tapping into our podcast? Well, so if people are listening to this, they've already found us somewhere, but right now we are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and, and Facebook has a new podcasting um, okay. uh, side to it. So you can get our podcasts on, on Facebook as well. Uh, we'll. We'll list it on Spotify and Amazon pretty soon, but we're not there yet. And what if they were to get a hold of us? We could send them a link or something too, right? Yeah, if people email us or message us, we can send them links as well. So simplify it. Yep, so, yep. For the non-techie guys. Awesome, man. Do you right. want to end prayer then? Yeah, go for it. All right, Father, I just thank you for the call of God on our lives that you call each and every one of us, that you have bestowed gifts and abilities and talents on each and every one of us. And Father, I just pray as these people who are listening to this go forward, you would just peel back and unveil to them where they're good, where they're gifted, where they excel what their talents are, Lord. And God, if they still feel lost, Lord, that they would reach out to us or reach out to you, Lord, and they would be able to find that God. Because we know, God, you're the God of gifts and you want to bless us and gift us so that we can walk in all that we're called to be. We thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, I just pray also that you would grant supernatural revelation to the people that hear this. And they just are feel clueless about their callings, mm-hmm. God. We pray for dreams and visions, mm-hmm. prophetic words, and prophetic encounters for these people to, to just release the calling and destiny that you have over their lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.